I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk About Brand. I, of course, am your host, Christine Gritman. I am coming at you every single week interviewing smart guest experts about specific elements of branding, especially personal branding. If you are listening to us on the Adweek Podcast Network, please go ahead and subscribe on your podcast player of choice. And if you love the show, which I'm sure you will, be sure to leave a review. If you're joining us on the YouTube video podcast, welcome to you as well, and I also encourage you to subscribe. I've got the podcast podcast launching every Monday. I've got the video podcast on YouTube on Fridays, and then in between on Tuesdays, I host the Chat About Brand Twitter chat on Twitter, always about the same topic as that week's guest interview. And this week's guest interview is something that I absolutely need to learn from. I'm going to be re-watching and re-listening to this one for a while because I'm a little, you know, you talk about type A, type B. I'm firm B. It may not come across, but I'm so loosey-goosey with all of this. I throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks to perhaps a greater degree than I ought. And so I'm so excited to learn from today's fabulous guest. Shelly Rostland is a systems-led branding strategist. And we're going to talk about what that means, what her branding system is, and why it still allows for a lot of personalization, creativity, flexibility, all that good stuff that goes into a good brand. All right. So without any further ado, we're going to bring her on. Hello. Welcome, Shelly. Hello. 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 So one of the cool things we were talking about in our pre-chat is you mentioned, yeah. you know, what what was it? The system, not systems mindset, systems process. Uh, systems, systems thinking. Systems yeah. thinking. Thank you. Yes. So if you could just define that for us really quickly, I think that would be a helpful framework to start. Yeah, really good. And obviously, uh, you know, I'm not the inventor either. So um, uh, if uh, if you ever wanted to read up on this as well, um, there's actually an environmental scientist called Donella Meadows that published a really brilliant primer on systems thinking, and it's over 20 years old. But basically, what uh, systems thinking gives you is this framework to kind of understand how bigger processes work, if you like, or, or even uh, society or the economy, right? So, and from her standpoint, she was thinking about the environment, but basically with systems-led thinking, the whole premise is that a system uh, exists if there's these four elements to it, right? So the first thing is that the system actually has a purpose, number one. Number two, that there are actually elements within the system, so that's number two. Number three is that there are actually interrelationships in between all of those elements. And then the fourth um, aspect is that there are inflows and outflows. 
So basically, it means whatever, you know, are there things coming into the system and other things coming out to the system? So when I kind of read that primer, I was like, oh, gosh, you know, this is, you know, this could really be applied to branding. So um, so that's how I kind of started bringing in the systems bit. And I've always been a systems girl. I'm, I'm a documenter. I know you throw things at walls. <laughs> But I, but I'm a real documenter, and I, I really like to like not even just document my thoughts, but I, um, I am quite, um, I lean a lot towards trying to look at that bigger picture and how sometimes there's unseen dots that are connected. So for me, like when I read this element about, you know, systems-led um, thinking, I was like, gosh, yes, let's apply that to branding. Now, were you already in branding, or were you already in systems and? decided to apply this to branding well gosh uh, that's like a double double-edged sword reply <laughs> for that one because um systems had always kind of been i think i was born as a <laughs> i was born as a system i'm not sure um but i came from a franchising background right so i didn't come to digital marketing and social media uh, content marketing and things from a conventional route by any means right so i actually came from a franchise world background where i was working within the franchise world within property for one of the like the ogs of franchising in the uk um but when i went self-employed i took all that knowledge with me obviously and when you learn about franchising which is structured format businesses there's a lot of systems in that. There's a lot of frameworks in that. There's a lot of reasons why things work and don't work, right? So I kind of already had this already inbuilt for me going, there's models here, you know? And then I was already doing digital marketing. So I was already doing digital marketing. I run an agency I have done since 2010. Um, and I have kind of narrowed my focus now into more of the work that gets done almost before you start putting that marketing strategy together. And, and that is the brand strategy stuff. And I thought, you know what, actually, I really love this element. How do I marry the two things together? You know, you mentioned an unconventional route to social media and all of that. I'm not sure that anyone who's over 30 has, has a conventional, a conventional route. I mean, it didn't exist when, when I graduated no. from school, you know. But no. it's interesting that it came from franchising because franchising... I'm sure a lot of those systems specifically are about protecting the brand. I've actually interviewed a couple yes. people about, you know, entrusting their brand to others. You know, Mel Bridger, who has her fitness franchises. Yes. And Amanda Gates, who has the House of Wise, um, you know, direct selling uh, situation. Entrusting your brand to others really requires it to be buttoned up so that it's very clear. And and one of the interesting things about this is that like anything in marketing or rather like most things in marketing, it is both art and science. And the thing I love yes. most about your system, which you're going to get into in just a moment, is that it does not stifle creativity. It does not put limits on things. It's more It's more guidelines. It's more guardrails. And that can actually allow you to be more creative in a lot of ways because you're aware of the sandbox you're playing in. So before you even get into the system... Um, I'd love it if you could kind of introduce us to how it does provide that nice mix of sort of limits, but also freedom. Yeah, and I, I have to say, I saw, um, you know, Drew Davis, uh, who's an amazing keynote speaker. He's and such he... a good speaker. I'm reading his book, The oh. 
the referable speaker, which was specifically referred to me by several friends who are in it. I opened it up, and there's Andrew and Pete. There's Anne Handley. I was like, yes, All the good this, guys. Is my bu- this is my book, because they're not robots. All right, sorry. Fangirl moment here. Continue on about about Drew Davis. Go ahead. We, we, we could have our own little fan group just for Drew Davis. I just want to, like, hug him a lot and put him in my pocket. Absolutely. <laughs> not in a weird way. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so not what Drew said um uh, and and it was for an andrew and pete event that he did um and what i really loved that he said is actually and it, it was like an aha moment for me it was like actually damn it you're right because he he'd phrased it just right he said creativity comes from constraints and and i was like oh my goodness you are so right and i had felt that within an agency where i work with i think i have five or six set freelancers that I've worked with nonstop for the last six years of those 12 that I've been running my agency. And I know that if you don't have a good brief, your your graphic designer or your guys that are creative actually can't be creative because I think the fallacy or the myth around creativity is like, just come up with something, just come up with an idea. It's impossible to do that unless you're completely magical and wizardry, right? Any creative actually needs what you nicely put there. They need guardrails. And by giving guardrails, actually what you're doing is making their brains kind of push out the juice, if you like, where they actually do need to be more creative to think outside the box because they're only given a box in which to play or sandpit, like you've said, right? So this is the element of just remembering, and I try and explain this to my clients as well when, because I'm a big proponent of templating and, and, and automating, not automating from a machine perspective, but building a machine around you that really helps you leverage your time. And that means you don't give up your creativity. What you are being is much more efficient. So when you're using systems thinking within your brand strategy, what you're actually doing is going, okay, there's a nice framework, a safety net, if you like, of which and go which is really showing you which parts are actually really important which parts you need to make micro decisions about however how you flex and play with that within those parts you know which is the kind of work that you and I do with clients um that will vary client to client so what you're not changing is the person the stuff that you were saying about being personable or being uh, resonant with an audience or making things uh, unique. You still do that. But what systems or frameworks or models give you is those guardrails to go, look, um, all right, Shelley, you think you've got a great idea. Da, 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 that's fantastic. But if you want to do something great in that area, do it within the structure, but you can do whatever you like within that structure. Does that help? It absolutely does. And really, like any sort of automation or any sort of thing that helps us with efficiency, you get out what you put in. So if you what if what you put in is uncreative and dull, then yes, what you get out will be samey samey. If what you put in is, you know, new and creative, this is just gonna make it so much easier to to put that creativity out there in a way that's actually gonna get across and frees your mind up for other things instead of tackling <sighs> everything like reinventing the wheel every time you know that's not good for creativity at all no 
but you still right. can innovate. And and we'll get to that kind of at the end, I think, how this yeah. does have flexibility. But let's get into the meat of today's discussion. Let's get okay. into your system, your process. So now does it start out big picture and get narrower? Or does it start with the building blocks and then build a big picture? Um, guide us through it a little bit. All right. So, so it's always good to start big picture first. At least that's what I lean into quite a bit. It is, it is what I'm more prepared to, but I feel like if you don't know where it is that you're going to or what you're trying to achieve, there's no way of decide, defining and deciding what it is that you're going to be doing today or in the lead up to that future. So we always start with the brand purpose bit first. And sometimes this is very, very hard for people trying, especially small businesses or micro businesses or one or two person businesses um, to, to actually just kind of think really clearly and take that time to almost like Michael Hyatt calls it casting that vision. Because actually, and I'm biggest proponent about this, is your picture of that future needs to also include what your ideal working life is. So not not balance and work-life balance, because I don't feel like it ever balances as a mom and a business owner. I'm sure you feel the same. But ultimately, what you want is that perfect working um, or ideal working life. And why I say that is because that's then going to help you define your business model. And when you get into your proposition and what your services are and how you deliver, always start with the brand purpose, because that's going to give you direction. And I love what you said about how you have to think about what your emphasis on your ideal, you know, working life looks like. Because the fact is, in addition to the fact that, you know, you are a human (laughs) and I appreciate so much business systems that account for humanity as a key component. But also one thing that I, I know I always say about branding is if you make it too hard for yourself, if you make it something artificial and outside of yourself, if you don't consider the human at the center of it first, it's going to become a a super exhausting thing to maintain. And you want your brand to be something that flows a bit more organically from you and that you can keep up because consistency is so key. And if you do something, if you structure something because it looks good on paper or you structure something because you think it will sell and you forget the most you forget the person who has to actually do all of these things. You know, that's yeah. just, that's the that's the key to inconsistency and towards coming up with this great, beautiful plan that you then can execute on. So I love that it starts with picturing your yeah, ideal yeah. work life instead of being like, well, obviously you just want to hustle to the top. No, no, no. Oh, beautiful. Continue. You, is, is it obvious? I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that. so. Maybe we're too old. I don't know. <laughs> wise i'd like to say wise not old so okay should we move into the subsystems then so i feel yes yeah okay so once you so so, okay so you've got your picture of what you want your ideal work life to look like and you know what your your goal is what your aim is there so what happens next yeah so the next thing is there's three so the the biggest system is obviously your business, right? So this is kind of the big system we're talking about. And now we've just talked about the fact that it's uh, we, we've, we've ticked the box of the purpose and your direction. Then for me, how I see the systems-led thinking with brand strategy is that there's three kind of subsystems sitting within that when we're talking about brand strategy. And those are your personality, your positioning, and your presence. Now, why I call them subsystems is because each 
little system themselves each has a little purpose as well. So remember what Danella Meadows said, there always needs to be a purpose. And then obviously the elements, interrelationships and the inflows and outflows. So those three subsystems are what you would then focus on. So they're your little mini frameworks within your brand strategy, because all of that needs to then all work together towards the bigger purpose of the business. Should we get into each one, Christine? Let's do it. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So should we start with brand personality? Because that's like, that's the coolest one to kind I of I also move love that it's moving. It's moving. It's all coming outward from the inner self. This is beautiful. Yes. This is how I love to brand too. So this makes me very happy yes. that the system is built around that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, brand personality. Perfect. All right. So now brand personality for me within brand personality, the different elements within brand personality is is one. You do work out literally what your brand personality is. So you you find that archetype or that character who it is that you're embodying as a business or if you're a personal brand, is that you as a personal brand or what's interchangeable and whatever works for you. Um, and then the third element of personality traits. So those kind of elements that are sitting within that little system all work together as a in you know as a little system in order to almost manifest that brand personality now part of the work we do in the brand purpose bit is look at your origin story and when you're looking at your origin story to to kind of pull out how you came to where you are today, sometimes that's painful for people. Sometimes it can be traumatic. Sometimes it can be good. Sometimes it can be bad. Everybody's different. But by doing that origin story exercise, what you manage to pull out is what you'll end up needing later on in the process around actually who are you? Like, are you the, the, the fun kind of party person? Or, you know, what are the things about your personality that you want to come through? You almost kind of get to know yourself again. So does yeah. that make sense? It does. And I'd love I'd love to hear a little bit more about what sort of things you go into, because I know one big hurdle is that a lot of people, when they go into a personal branding yeah. situation, they're thinking about where they want to be. They're thinking about how they want to come across. And especially if they've pivoted, especially yeah. if they had a background in one thing, and now part of the personal branding work they're doing is presenting themselves as something, you know, fairly new and different. You know, I think it's so important that they're going backwards into where they've so, been yeah. to really get a sense of, of where they're going. Can you dig into that just a little bit yeah, more? Maybe yeah. some stuff that you've seen people that people either yeah. get tripped up by or that appears yeah. to be especially an amazing revelation that helps them. 
Yeah, and I think you're right. I think because I think the element of going back and why I start with the origin story, though, everybody that I work with really does struggle with this exercise is because by doing that, keep going back, what you are just revisiting is also your value, your core values, you know, the things that are, are kind of become more and more important to you as life has gone on. Sometimes if you can revisit that, you know, every five to 10 years, you'll notice that almost like the the quotient value of of how in terms of priority for some values may have shifted. And like you say, by also noticing that that's probably what started to drive why they need to pivot or why they need to change or do something new or do something different. Right. Um, so I think that bit's quite important, the values in that, but also the unique elements, I think. The unique points, people forget why they're unique. So they just like, oh, you know, especially people in marketing, you know, the, the industry is just so flooded. So you're kind of like, well, and I try and say this for a lot of clients as well, but a lot of us are in flooded markets now where there's just so many people. So actually you can only be unique by being you, but in order to know what those unique points look like, you still need to go back and go, actually, like I was saying to you, I came to social media from a completely different, you know, from a completely different angle. I came to brand strategy, not through graphic design. I came to brand strategy through another route. You will have done things in your past lives and your past working experience that have given you kind of different kinds of stretching skills and things that maybe another professional in the industry doesn't have. And like you say, if they do get to a point that they end up pivoting, it's really useful to look back, don't you think, on like where, how you've gotten there? Because then actually you can go, actually, that flag said to me about 10 years that this pivot was coming. Have you noticed that? Absolutely, I have. And it, and it plays to the whole thing of, you know, other people do what you do, but no one else has your journey. And you can find yourself picking up things from that journey, you know, years on. I'm kind of changing my focus a little bit this year in 2023 with who I work with. And yeah. I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, my experience from my 20s in a completely different career yeah. path is actually coming into play now. I'm like, no, I can put that in my bio now. Yes. I've been kind of, you know, leaving it behind. But, you know, you, you pull out different skills from different times. Oh, I love this so much. That's okay, brilliant. So we're brand, going to the next one. Sure. Brand yeah. personality, going back, looking at your journey, you know, seeing where you are now and where you want to go in the context of where you've been before and what you're bringing to it, the well-rounded human you are bringing, bringing to, to this it. brand personality. But, uh, what right. I will add here is that little element of the framework of using yeah. the brand archetype framework. Because um, while people, it, it, I know people have done lots of personality tests and things like that. It's very similar kind of thing that you do when you do. It's a Pearson Marks brand um, archetype framework that I use in my in my work. But I don't know if you found this, Christine, by actually having those archetypes and getting people to kind of do that exercise, what it did end up doing, and I had one person do this within my program and actually said, oh, my gosh, you know, finally you made it okay for me. But by doing that, it kind of gave them evidence to go, actually, it's okay for me to be me or to be the way I am in terms of my brand personality or my own personality or how I actually uh, approach things with their clients because in their archetype work you know we work on the the top active archetypes that come out strongest for you and then I get them to kind of dig into the traits because not all of the traits will be true only some and then we just pull out what's relevant and then they go oh 
it's so when ruler came up for me as my like my third highest one i was like oh i don't like the sound of that it sounds like i'm a dictator but actually when i looked into it it was very true for me in that you know i i like to see an order to things or a hierarchy to organize you know organize societies even like and if I I can quite easily be a leader, but I'm more than happy for someone else to lead if I feel like they're doing a good job. <laughs> you you empower. You empower. That's what yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but doing, just making sure that actually there are these frameworks even within the little systems. And again, that's not stopping your creativity, is it? It's actually going, actually, that's true. That's true. I can use that. You know, you're uncovering um, all sorts of things that you can use. Okay, so of course right. I love the all personality right, I part, but I want to make sure we get to the Let's rest the of it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So on to the next. Okay, so the next one, the next subsystem. Remember, there's three we were going to talk about. So this one is the positioning. So this is where you actually get deep into your proposition work. So this is like my biggest sandpit, right? This is the bit I enjoy most because I've brought that from my franchising days, right? So your positioning, the elements that go on within your positioning is one, you work out really truthfully what your value proposition is. And that basically means, you know, who you are, what you do and who you do it for we pull out your brand principles and then we also work on your value ladder and your proprietary method so they're the kind of elements within that system do you want to dig into that yes i do <laughs> i want to dig into exactly what they mean how how you how you find out these things you know how do you because to one of the things you said earlier that certainly comes up all the time with clients is people don't realize what makes them special or unique no. people don't realize their points of difference because they're living them they're not yes. different to them fish don't know they're wet so no. how do you help people I love that out? <laughs> yeah so how do you help people you know sort of figure those things out what is their positioning how do they narrow down on that and not try to be all things to all people and thus nothing to anyone yeah, and that's the bit I'll try and explain to them again. And I'll see it every time at networking, no matter what group you go to, there'll always be one person that goes, I do this for everyone and everything. And we're like, oh, I'm completely gray. I have no idea who I need to look out for for you at all. So we kind of visit that when we're doing it. And um, again, because and this is why we start with the origin story and the purpose, is it, it's dropped the seeds already for this work that you end up doing. So you will have already have had to think about actually what does make me unique, what makes me different bring that work to the fore i do do a bit of a market context exercise for people so it's it's pretty simple you know people will probably be doing off the top of their head but i've structured it so that actually they're asking the right questions so who else is doing what you're doing and why do you feel like they don't do a great job of it or who else is doing what you're doing and you actually really admire what they do so what are the good things about what they're doing that you maybe want to build into what you're doing just so they kind of know where they are in their marketplace. And I, I like to use visuals, Christina. I'm very visual. So I do a lot of like, I'll have a grid and go, okay, you know, where, where would you sit on the grid? And sometimes just by having conversations, but actually visually seeing it in front of them going, oh, I see now. I'm, I'm trying to be this, but actually everything I'm saying and doing is actually positioning me in a completely different way. So I can see now why the audience doesn't get me and I can't find my ideal clients. So there's a little bit of that that we do within um, the value proposition work. The Did you... Is that is that enough for the value proposition? I can go in. That's the... fantastic. That that is good. But I know that we also um, before before we wrap up, I know we also have to get to the other 
P. Yeah, we can do that. So I want to make yeah. sure that we get to that other P. We want to make sure that that P has some presence in this discussion. Let's, let's just do that. <laughs> so the brand presence bit is the bit that actually is the sexy bit that everybody notices the most, right? So it's the bits where people are experiencing you as a brand. That's what you say. It's your behavior. So it's it's all of those things that actually we as consumers of brands, um, they're, they're, that's our experience of brands. So within that, we work on a, and I know you like this, the brand experience matrix, our experience map. Um, and, and we literally work out a visual styling guide and an editorial styling guide. So I've kind of developed almost like an illustrated guide to you that includes all of this stuff. So it's almost like brand guidelines, but on steroids. Love it. So we've talked about your peas and thank you for being a presence on the, I mean, we've talked about the peas and thank you for being a presence on the show. Got a bit ahead of myself. What are your peas, <laughs> Shelly Rostlund? What is your purpose, personality, positioning, and presence for your own Shelly Rostlund brand? <sighs> Shouldn't prepare me for this one. Um, for me, brand purpose, um, is very much linked into my personal wallet, which is just, you know, be good to people, you know, do good and be good to people. So for me, I find like um, my vision and my purpose of my business is to just really help subject matter experts who I see every single day starting up little businesses and consultancies and then failing in a couple of years. And a part of that is because they can't actually articulate their value. Um and I, I just want to help people do that. I think that's kind of what I'm here for. And that's what I'd really love to do. And I'm sure I have a much better articulated purpose somewhere <laughs> that I could I could share. My personality, well, my personality is very much that magician and that creator because um, I use a lot of bright colors in my branding just to kind of stand out a bit in the newsfeed. The colors make me happier as well. So my personality is very much about trying to be as, as approachable and knowledgeable and, and um, you know, as, as friendly as possible from a personality perspective. I don't necessarily have a caricature. Um, the entertainer is not really part of me. So that's kind of probably encapsulates my personality. My positioning, um, in terms of positioning, um, it very much uh, from, um, oh, it, that depends if you're looking at price positioning or not, but basically, you know, where I'm sitting at the moment in my marketplace is being that kind of online online entrepreneur as well. So I have that group program um, as well. But my positioning is, you know, not a commodity. I'm not a commodity-based kind of service. Everything for me is very um, uh, specific to a client, but a particular client, and that's a subject matter experts running micro-businesses because um, I'm really trying to get entrepreneurs to understand freelancers better and freelancers in a better position to support those entrepreneurs better. And that's a lot of the work that I do. Um, presence for me, because I am a service-based business, presence for me is very much about my everyday approach with my clients. Um, I do have a styling guide. I do have all of the things that, that I should be working on um, anyway, um, just because it makes my life a lot easier as well. <laughs> that is very quick. I could have prepared something better for that. <laughs> Sorry about that. You know, I like keeping it kind of on the fly. Yeah, you know, no. I don't want it too pre, pre-packaged. <laughs> but it's okay because you're familiar with your system. You've gone through your system. And so yes. you had 
the answers. It doesn't have to be perfectly composed and packaged in order for you to still have had that framework and those guidelines mm. in order to know mm. the answers. And that's really the best value of the system. You know the answers. Yes, and you can, on, like you say, you know, when you are out and about, you already know your go-to you know, and what what your answers are. <laughs> Hopefully, I have the answers today. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You know, the, these aren't you know hardball gotcha questions. I make sure that I make my guests look nice and smart because they are subject matter experts like yourself. <laughs> um, all right. So, if someone out there listening is a subject matter expert and they want to find out more about you, where can they find you? Why should they find you? And what will they find there? Okay, so probably the best told all is my I launched my personal brand at site. Um, so that's there for you, ShellyRosland.com. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes and you can smell it right. Um, and on there, you'll find my podcast as well. Um, it's pretty much a companion piece for my group program. As a subject matter expert, why I work well with knowledge, you know, knowledge workers is basically what you are, is because it's so hard having an intangible marketed, marketable value. Um, and I just, I just really love helping people to identify that value and really helping them to put that in uh, terminology and visuals and um, articulating it in a way that the audience can resonate with and also getting them to really understand the problems they're solving. Because uh, I think as knowledge ex experts or uh, subject matter experts, you're in your head so much. Um, so I really like to kind of pull those things out of their heads and then just show them actually in the mirror how great they are. So that's why you should get in contact and just have a look at the website. And I'm, I use Instagram and LinkedIn quite a bit. So I'm on both of those platforms, but the links are all there for you as well. Ah, love that so much. Thank you so much, Shelly, for being here today. You know that as soon as we cut, I'm going to be going through that whole framework myself. <laughs> <laughs> because no matter how long you've had a brand, it's always a good idea to kind of take another look, refresh, yes. see if maybe you've grown in directions that you didn't even realize you had. So this is a really good idea, not just if you're starting a brand, but also mm -hmm. if you're refining it and anyone who really wants to, to up their game and get better. Definitely. Yeah. I would agree with that, especially every couple of years and when you want to pivot or change. So definitely revisit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Shelly, for being here. It's been a great conversation. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much, Christine. <laughs> And thank you so much for being here. Also, whether you're listening to this on your podcast player of choice via the Adweek Podcast Network, or if you're watching the video podcast on YouTube, either way, be sure to subscribe because I have new expert interviews dropping every single Monday for the podcast, same interview dropping every single Friday on YouTube for the video, and in between on Tuesdays, I have the Chat About Brand chat on Twitter where you get to weigh in on the week's topic. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.